Welcome back to Mishnah Yomi. Today we're continuing to learn Masech Tzuzkusubo. It's Perak Yud Aleph, Mishnah Gimel, and Mishnah Dalet. We are picking up where we left off yesterday, and that was where Shimon says, a woman can sell property without the permission of Bezdin, so long as it's to collect money for support, but she may not sell to collect for Ksuba payment uh, unless she has Bezdin's permission. And the reason for this, again, is because we don't want to draw the pro- drag the process out. And also, we have to remember, if husbands or the deceased husband does not want his wife to be embarrassed being dragged to court. Says our, our Mishnah, if she sells some of her husband's property from the entire Ksuba, or for part of the Ksuba, again, the Ksuba is 200, she sells 200, uh, $200, $200, again, $200 worth of property to collect the Ksuba, or even 100 to collect partial Ksuba, she sets aside part of her Ksuba as part of a collateral, that as she takes a loan from a uh, Ruvain, she says, if I don't pay up, so then this piece of property, which is supposed to be mine because of the Ksuba, goes to you. She, as a gift, she gives some of the Ksuba or all of it to someone else. In that case, she now forfeits the right to collect without going to Bezdin first. That is, this that Rav Shimon said she does not need Bezdin is only when she's collecting for the food. But once she starts playing around the property and selling it, buying it, excuse me, selling it, using this collateral, so then she forfeits the right to sell it for, uh, she forfeits the right because she got something already, she's getting something out of it which can be used for food, and therefore what's left is all just to collect the Ksuba payment. We know this right from the previous Mishnah. She could sell the property four or five times, meaning she's selling a little bit at a time until she gets to the right amount. She can continue to collect the property without support, without going to Bezdin. Um, excuse me, she can, can, she can continue to sell the property without asking Bezdin, again, because she basically has full rights to it. Uh, but they add a piece of advice. Whenever she sells part of the property just in order to sustain herself, to get money to sustain herself, she should write, I sold it for my support and not selling it for her ksuba because the toast was Yomta points out, otherwise it's, it's going to look like she needs a lot of support. And people might want to marry her, saying she likes to go to the mall all the time. It takes a lot to support her. Therefore, she should write. Therefore, she should write that I sold it for my support. And the time she sells it for Ksuba, she should write I sold it for my Ksuba. So you can easily differentiate and realize what's going on here. Lastly, Rusha Ladimga El Bezdin, a divorcee who wants to uh, collect the collect the Ksuba, must always go to Bezdin before she sells. And the reason for that is because we assume that the man doesn't care about his wife being embarrassed being schlepped to Bezdin, so he doesn't waive that right. And therefore, if a divorcee wants to sell the property, they always must go to Bezdin. Okay. What happens if the woman sells the property for more or less than it's worth? So, woman has a, a ksuba that's worth 200. She sells, she sells, the, pro, sells the property worth 100 for 200. That is, she collects 200, even though the property is only worth 100. She, over, she uh, sells it and gets a really good deal here. Or she's a property worth 200 and she sells it for 100. This in either case, it's considered she received her ksuba in full. The point is she's, she's receiving 200 for the sale, that's what she's owed. She can't say to the, the, the heirs, excuse me, I sold the property worth 100, even though they gave me 200, but like it's really only worth 100. The answer is no. What did you receive? What do you have your bank account? You had 200. In the second case, she was, uh, she was careless, and she could have gotten 200 from it, but she uh, seemingly only sold it for 100 because she was careless, and therefore, she, because it's her fault, she loses the right to collect anymore. It's as if she collected 200. <laughs> I say ksubas masana mana. If her ksuba is worth a hundred, umacha shava mana b'dinu b'mana. She sells her property worth a hundred zuz and one dinner for a hundred zuz. That is, she's a property worth a hundred one, and she sells it for a hundred. Ma'chra bata. Her sale is void. 
Why? Because she's only owed a hundred. And in this case, in this case, she's selling part of the heir's property for um for less than it's worth. Now they're losing out a mana, and therefore it voids everything. Even if she says, look, I sold this for a hundred, a hundred, it's worth a hundred and one, but I'll just take uh one dinner for my own money, excuse me, one Zeus for my own money, or one this one dinner, excuse me, for my own money, I'll give it to the Yarshan so they don't lose out in the end. At the end of the day, they're gonna end up with the same amount in the bank account. Machabatel herself void because she should not have sold it in the first place. She should not have sold it to cause a incur a loss to the Yarshim, who are supposed to again inherit the rest of the property. Rashimig Malil Omer, he disagrees. He says, No, the Olam, Machakai, her sales her sale is stands, unless there was sufficient property left over. Okay, so what's happening here is as follows that Rashimig Malil is saying if she sells her a property with 101 for hundred. Which means that extra one didn't belong to her, belonged to the the heirs, and then she goes and gives one dinar back to the heirs, so that they end up net net in the in where they're supposed to be. So that's a that's a valid sale. Where it's not valid is if she if she sells property that could have been used. We'll see in a minute for a garden or a field. So even if she pays it up, they they're losing out and having a this extra portion where they can. Um, where they can they, where they can uh, grow things, and therefore that's considered a loss. And she can't now go ahead and pay them. And say, look, yeah, you may have lost your field, but here's the money for the field. That doesn't work. They're losing out. She deprived them of their garden and the field. So now we have to determine what exactly is considered a garden, what's considered a field. That if she sell, she oversells, she can't go back and compensate them because they can claim, look, that was our field. We didn't want to part with it. Besada Bastisha Kavim, the field's considered nine Kavim. Um, which is about 460 square amos. Square amo is about two feet, so you could do the math there. Ubegina bas The garden is half a kav. According to Rabbi Kiva, it's a quarter of a kav. Okay. Let's say is worth 400 zos. And she sells a property with 100 to one person, with 100 to another person, uh, and so on and so forth. And the last person she sells a property worth 101, which again, now that last one, is belongs to the Yarshim, she wasn't allowed to do that. Well, according to the Tanakama, we said that would void the sale. According to our Shimigamlil, we say she has to return that one, she has to return that one dinner. Says the Mishnah, uh, uh, the last one is void, but the rest of them, the sale does stand because they were considered independent sales. I wish you all a wonderful day.